Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. Twenty twenty three, what a year! Yes, I mean, it's just all these predictions about the stock market was just it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be awful, and that you know the one article I was talking about that basically said almost without exception, this one guy was talking about that people were thinking it was gonna be a bad year, and it ended up not uh, necessarily being such a terrible year. Well, I don't know, Paul. If you got out of the market at the beginning of the year, it was a bad year. It was a bad year for you. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, very bad year. So, uh, well, four ways to trick your brain into making better money decisions in 2024. Trick yourself into calling Paul Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> Going to paulwinkler.com and set up a 15-minute... Call Paul Winkler. Yeah, there you go. Call. Leave the that dark was, That was shameless. <laughs> that was shameless self-promotion. Can't believe we just did that. Uh, <laughs> oh man four ways to trick your brain into making better decisions 2024 okay what do you think according to fidelity investments the three most common financial new year's resolutions are guys what are they i'm gonna save more yep you got one spend less uh yeah got two make more earn more Find a better pay, job. Pay down debt. Pay down debt. There you go. Okay. That, that's that's pretty good, guys. That's three out of four. What's the fourth? Or was that the no, top no, three? No, top three. three. Oh, top, okay. Top three. Okay, so uh, those were the three. You know, save more, pay down debt, and spend less. And, you know, I, I look at those things and, and it's- <laughs> Who'd have thought? It's simple. <laughs> simple. Easy? Yeah. Nah. Doesn't take AI to figure that one out, does no. it? Simple, but yeah, not easy, right? They said that our brains, our, our brains are fundamentally not wired to make decisions, the decisions that we're asking ourselves to make. This person, I love this. You know what she is? She is a um, what she call herself? She's a, a oh, th this was this was a professor at Wharton Business School saying this. Ah, what there was, there was somebody there was somebody else further on that that her her job is she is a money psychologist is what she called herself. A money psychologist. Whatever. Well, you have a PhD in psychology, sir. No, I don't. I masters. Masters. Thank you. Let me say you could say that you're a money psychologist. There you go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Our brains are fundamentally not wired to do this. You're asking a single individual to stand up against a whole host of organizations that are incentivized to get you to part with your money as quickly as possible. That's very true. One of the recommendations they said is to reschedule the timing of recurring bills. So they had all these different suggestions in the article. And one of them was, yeah, there it is, Abigail Sussman, um, uh, Chicago Booth School of Business. We're, we're, no. very we're very fond of the Chicago Booth School of Business around here. One of her recommendations is to reschedule the timing of recurring bills so that they're all due at the same time so you don't forget a bill that is supposed to come in. That was one. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, the second one was adjusting your finances uh, takes time. So they said schedule it. My dad used to do this. I don't know about you guys. Did you guys have like... A discipline in your household growing up where you had a certain day of the week 
where dad or mom sat down just with all of the bills and everything and the credit card, uh, the credit card state statements and checking account and all that stuff right in one place. Yes. Yeah, so, guys- um, my parents did it on a Friday. My dad was an electrician and he got paid every Friday and they would sit down with their legal pad every Friday. Uh huh. Wow. And they would pay the bills for that week. So they had it broken down into four weeks and which bills were getting paid this week. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Evan, you, did you, did you I, see the same? Uh, I don't remember the bill paying, to be honest. Um, but what I remember is uh, my dad had those yellow safety checks. You know, Yellow the, safety checks? Oh, you know, the... Kind of the old school, instead of blue, you know, yellow check that just kind of had the yellow squiggle through it. You know, no prints, no flags or dinosaurs or anything like that. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Uh And, uh, you know, you used to get your canceled checks back in the mail. Oh, my goodness. I had forgotten about (laughs) that. Yeah, that is true. I remember him getting his bank statement and getting those canceled checks and sitting at his desk and going through and checking it off his register of the ones that had cleared and so forth. That's what I remember. I don't Younger really people, remember, you just don't know what you I don't you remember missed. him paying bills, yeah. <laughs> but I remember him reconciling his checkbook when that came in and that stack of, of yellow checks that he'd written. Yeah, yeah, that is that is it. I had totally forgotten that. You used to get those canceled checks in, in the mail. I yeah. had totally forgotten about that. But, yeah, certainly used to do that. And, uh, you know, balancing your checkbook was a big deal. Yes. You had to do that. right. So they said you want to have a financial health day. So you go and put it on the calendar, set it up on the calendar, and every so often what you do is do that. And it reminds me of what you always said, that people spend more time planning their vacations than they do their finances. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important. We, we're really big on, you know, get back in. Every, you know, every once in a while, get back in, check things up. Yeah. Uh, you know, just make sure that everything's going okay. You know, just questions that are that are needed to be answered and and you just never know when there might be something you ought to be doing that you don't even think that you ought to be doing because you didn't know a tax law changed yes yeah is, is a really good example or you could have hit some number that you know previously you could deduct your ira or previously you could make a roth contribution and you just happen to cross some magic threshold in the tax code and you can't do it anymore, but you just have to pay attention to those things. And you want to, you might want to look on little things like, you know, they're talking about canceling subscriptions. How many of yeah. you going through your phone, <laughs> you know, go into your your uh, your settings, I guess, is where you go. And, and you can uh, you look under there and you go, oh, my goodness, how many subscriptions do I have? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and things that I don't use anymore or closing accounts that you don't use or, or whatever uh, that they're charging you you know so much per month or so much per quarter or per year or whatever uh, so if you have a whole day of financial chores feels overwhelming then take 15 minutes a day and uh, you know I, you know cuz a lot of times people aren't going to do it if it's going to take too long yeah you know it's like anything it's like organizing a room you ever go in and organize a room and you're sitting there going it's overwhelming I can't do this. We'll just pick a corner. <laughs> yeah, you know and how do you it. how do you eat, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. Yeah, just just little you know little yeah. stuff. Cindy years ago had a uh, organizer that she kind of followed. This was almost before podcasting, but this, this gal had an email newsletter when email was like you actually checked your email yeah. when something came in. Yeah, <laughs> and she was called the Fly Lady. 
That was her nickname. And she I, had, I don't want to know why, but she had this. Well, yeah, but she had this thing called a, a super fling boogie was what she called it. And you just like you just walk into a room and you like you grab five things that just don't belong there. And you either threw them away or you put them where they were supposed to be or something. But yeah. that was her thing was just walk in and just grab five things and get them out of there. You know, and that's really good because that's one of the things like if I'm doing counseling, I found somebody's overwhelmed with something. Yeah. And they just can't get themselves to get started. What I will do is say, okay, here's the deal. I want you to set a timer on your phone, you know, for a certain time. Let's mm-hmm. say that it's going to be 1.05 in the afternoon or whatever. And I want that timer to go off for five minutes. You're basically going to do that task for five minutes and no longer. And, you know, quite often what happens, you can guess it. Yeah. They get to five minutes and they keep going. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, but it's just getting started is the hardest part. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the hardest part for people. So I think that's really good advice is just to do something, anything, even if it's 15 minutes a day, five minutes a day or whatever, just to get started and choose a corner of your room to do that and then check off something off your to-do list. Another thing that they had was one tactic is clear your saved credit card information from websites and apps because if you have to re-enter the credit card and the information on it every time you make a purchase, it gives you a few more seconds to think about the purchase, which I think is an interesting That's point. actually pretty good. I thought, I thought it was really good, actually. Yeah. Amazon would probably lose like $800 billion a year if people had to enter their card every time. <laughs> the Magnificent Seven would be like, <laughs> like we were talking about down the tubes, right? Man. I mean, because how many times do we do things on impulse and then, you know, it's, it's credit card. Oh, you don't gosh. even think about it. But if you had to re-enter the credit card yep. or pull cash out of your wallet... Or, you know, go like, you know, is often talked about. Big difference. Uh, So, you know, just uh, I thought that was a good good point right there. Other factors or other favors you can do yourself while shopping online or installing an ad blocker so that tempting products don't follow you around the Internet. (laughs) I thought that was good, too. Have you guys, have you ever looked at something on Amazon? Mm-hmm. And then it shows up and reminds you every two minutes yeah. that you're supposed to buy this thing. Yeah. The uh, you know it's funny when I um, when I put on ninety nine seven on my computer when mm-hmm. I you know pull it up on the website and listen yeah. online. Yeah, uh, the framing for ninety nine seven is either some search that I've recently done uh, yeah. online. You yeah. know whether it's a vacation thing or a gun thing or whatever. Uh huh. You know, it just it's it's there all the time. Advertising is just in your face. Yeah, and and of, and of course they hear you talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, you know things will show up that. Uh... Well, there was an article that was talking about how companies are actually having to come up with new ways to market. Because so much of the marketing was done during television. So, so true. Yeah. And yeah. now, so true. like, so I know in my house, if we're, wa- if yeah. we're watching a show that's on network television, mm-hmm. it's recorded. Mm-hmm. And then we forward fast through commercials. Right. So a lot of the companies, they're yeah, kind you're not of even aware of that, yeah. that they're spending money that's not even being viewed. So they're really making a greater effort to find 
ways of marketing yeah. that are actually getting viewed. One of the things that they, they did talk about was the fact that there are a lot more billboards showing up. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. You know, because people are they're in their car. You can't drive by without seeing a billboard. You can't get away from it. You know? yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. So the ad thing on the on the internet, yeah. it drives me nuts, but... Yeah, but that's part of, you know, you look at what makes the world run. And you, know, oh, you yeah. got to get your message out there somehow. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a free country. I mean, that's that's capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Netflix <clears throat> is actually looking at a cheaper version of their streaming service with ads. Because they don't have ads. And I mm. remember... I remember when Netflix first came out. Interesting. It was five dollars a month for like one or two different DVDs, and they would send you an envelope. And I was wondering, how can they actually afford to do I know. this? Yeah. They would mail you your movies, and you, you'd mail them back, and then you, know, you go online and you, you you have your queue of all the movies you want to watch. So you turn return one, they send you the next one. Mm-hmm. There were no late fees oh, or man, anything yeah. else. I had forgotten about that. Then they introduced streaming. Yeah. And it was the same. It went to like seven dollars, uh-huh. and now you can get DVDs or stream. Uh huh. And then they split it, and now you can get a streaming service or the mail service. Right. And it was five dollars each. <laughs> so that was really, and I didn't think about it until just recently. That was really their way of saying we're moving to streaming. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the service is twenty bucks a month. Is it? Yeah. Wow. 20 bucks a month for Netflix. And, you know, I have a subscription. I don't ever watch anything. I need to cancel that. <laughs> well, your kids probably watch. <laughs> My kids probably, you know, go, what, Dad? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so one of the things in here they had uh, talking about, you know, you're restricting yourself from purchases. And sometimes what happens is we kind of get into a have no more fun. Don't do anything. Don't spend anything. Yeah. Buy old junker used cars. You know, you can get really down to where you. Monk. And and I thought this is interesting because we've heard this before. You know, how much do you spend on lattes every day, right? You hear that kind of thing. Well, this guy is, we're not going to become rich by not buying lattes, this guy says. He says, uh, don't beat yourself up over these little things that might actually be important for your mental well-being. And I like this because here's what he said right here. He says, see how much money you have left each month after accounting for monthly bills, retirement contributions, emergency savings, and incoming savings goals. Then the fun part, spend the re- majority of the remainder on treats or anything you, you just feel like doing. And that's kind of how, how I've always lived. I've never been a real budgeter, yeah. which sounds funny from a financial planner, but I've never been a budgeter. I've always been that guy that just saves first yeah. and then... I could spend the rest on whatever I just feel like spending on, you know, it's just kind of how I've always operated because budgeting to me is, ugh. and I've got, you know, a lot of you guys are like really good at it. And and so, you know, somebody comes to me and asks, Hey, can you give me some budgeting advice, Paul? And I go, no, I'll let you talk to Chad or Brian or Michael. Jonathan's good at that <laughs> Jonathan. Too, yeah. Jonathan's really good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really good at it. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that guy a little bit because I was sitting down with a 30-year-old man 
Um, his wife came in with their baby, uh-huh. and he was spending $150 a month on chewing tobacco. Oh, my goodness. And I had figured out that you know if he just got like a 9% rate of return yeah. for the next 35 years, um, oh, that would have been like number. 250 But you're going to have to replace it with something else, though. Nature of horse a vacuum. What's he going to put in his place? Well, you got to think about that. I, I, maybe kiss his <laughs> wife. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just saying. But the, my whole point being, you know, I, if you're trying to skip lattes to accumulate money for a down payment on a house in two years, forget that. Right. But if you're looking at the long term compounded interest on a small investment, um, yeah, I remember when my sister, you know, started as a hairdresser, in, and at twenty, I said to her, and this is, you know, I mean, this was when IRAs were two thousand dollar limits. Oh gosh, I said, that was like the very beginning, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because she's just turning fifty four. Um, but it was if she was just able to get a ten percent rate of return, put the two thousand dollars, she would have had close to a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what are we talking about? You know, 150, 60 bucks a That's month? 1800 a year. But, but to his credit, what he said here is after you've done the savings yeah, and the retirement, that's the key. and after you've done that, then you can go out and do lattes. That's so he wasn't key. saying that, you know, do, you know, don't, don't deprive yourself of that if you're, if you're not saving oh, anything, absolutely. you're not doing I anything, mean, look, then maybe, yeah, that's a really yeah, good... Yeah, I mean, I save first, and then I buy my $2 lottery tickets. So. <laughs> oh, gee. Ira, <laughs> <laughs> right, you're good at math. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, somebody has to win. Yeah, and if I buy a ticket, my odds are 50% that I'm going to win. <laughs> Hey guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners, too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Nick, dropping some stuff on us here. There you go. Where was that, Nick? It was over the news. I think it was earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, but it was uh, Elon Musk. It was something about feeding all the starving kids and poverty and everything around the world. And yeah. somebody's like, it would cost this much, like $6.6 billion or something to, to fix that. And they were like, Elon's like, I'll pay it, but you have to show me where that money's going to. You have to keep track of everything. It has to be all public. And the people <laughs> yeah. that were saying that they <laughs> would do it, bluff. Were, they wouldn't give them the information because they were just going to use that money for their selfish reasons. <laughs> so he never ended up handing over that billion okay, so, dollars. So when, when I was an echo major... In uh, in college, I actually had a project that I did, and that's what I did it on is Ethiopia. And the project that I did for my big paper 
was on Ethiopia and the starving you know, uh-huh. people, starvation yeah. issues and all of that stuff. And that was exactly it. It was the government was just taking the money. I mean, I the research that I had to do to do that paper was unreal, but I learned a whole lot about corruption and government yeah. interference and, and things like that. So I, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Yep, for Fasc- sure. Fascinating. All right, Devin. The, uh, yeah, well, two things. One, uh, just a quick plug, because this article comes from Navy Sun. Mm-hmm. And when we were kind of looking at uh, just different topics, great article. Uh, yes, and well, and so anyway, uh, he uh, he put an article in the Boston Globe on how to you know just the uh, the fact that you need to hang around people. Give them the title of the article. Have, yeah, uh, what thermodynamics can teach? I don't even have it pulled up. Uh, um, what thermodynamics can teach you about relationships or getting along? Boy, yeah, it was, but it was basically on politics. Was yeah. was the whole thing? Yeah, it was really really well done. Um, and when we were going through the article, and he had been going back with the editor and stuff, so we started talking about just you know the academic process, and we started talking about dating mm-hmm. of all things in this conversation. And this actually comes out of the University of Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, study says five foot six inch men need to earn one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars more a year to be as desirable as six foot men. And so with this really with this proliferation of online dating services, Randy Newman, short you know, people. the various, you know, Tinder, Hinge, wow. eHarmony, you know, whatever, you yeah. know, Farmers of America or whatever, um, they have a lot of data now because all of this is online and they're starting to study what causes people to, you know, swipe left and swipe right or click or uh-huh. whatever to to make a match. And the study shows that on average, men who are five feet, six inches need to make an additional $175,000 annually to be as desirable as men who are almost six feet. Ouch. The number increases with shorter heights. With men who are five feet, for example, they need to make an additional... 317,000 in income. Uh, the numbers didn't factor in race or anything like that. Uh, and the numbers do change when they consider the ethnic background. But basically, if you start at kind of a baseline of six feet, uh-huh. if you're only 5'10, which is me, I need to make an extra $24,000 to be as desirable as a six footer. If you're 5'8, an extra 138,000 and it just keeps going from there. If you're 610, yeah, you can afford to lose $63,000 <laughs> of income and still be as desirable as a 6-footer as far you know as the online dating apps are. I'm just going to say this publicly. <laughs> I was dead broke when she met me. <laughs> and we got well, married. Yeah. And I w- we got we got married the first year. I think my my income was less than $20,000 and she's still married. <laughs> well, yeah. Now this is twenty twenty three dollars, by the way. I mean, when we got married, twenty thousand dollars was decent income. No, it was not. No, I'm, no, okay. Yeah, it was. It was pretty pretty pathetic. Okay. Well, because my income dropped. My first pay was five hundred and sixty eight a month in the Marine Corps. So I mean, to me, twenty grand was a big number. But oh well, you got your room and board covered. Though. But there's there's all these stats that are now coming out on what causes people to be desirable on these dating sites and the sociologists are looking at it. He was talking to some classmates at Harvard, you know, that are looking at studying some of Platform these things. Shoes, it's really baby. interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe that's why DeSantis wears lips in his boots. And what, I don't know. And what about women? How, what's, the, what's their height and money ratio? Um, actually, so I wasn't going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get into that. We just backed him into a new The corner. women on the dating. We're going to find out yeah. during the break. <laughs> the women on the dating thing, it actually wasn't height. It was another uh, physical demographic. Oh, 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 okay. Oh. All right. All right. All right. See, Ira, you backed him in a corner. <laughs> Way to go. So that is, that is fascinating, though. That is fascinating. It, it, you know what that kind of reminds me of? There was a, a Jackson Brown song. And, you know, Rosie, and he has this little line in there. He was talking about, so it's not who you look like. It's it, it's who you look like, not who you are. Oh, uh-huh. you ought all to keep that in mind. You know, he has that little <laughs> little line in there. He just, which is, a, it's just a great line in a song. And he's just, because he was talking about how the, the sound man for the band yeah. was bringing in this girl to help her out. She, she was forlorn, kind of lost and all of that. And she didn't know where she, you know, she didn't fit in any place. So he just brought her up to... You know, watch him do the sound for the band. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, it was. But, you know, so often. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's sad that we do look at that outward appearance and and judge somebody by that. Yes, for sure. And if you want uh, an extra topic of what happened this year, um, the writers and actors strike. Oh, you know, we haven't really yeah. heard much about the once it ended, it just kind of vanished from the. Well, I didn't miss anything because being a person that doesn't watch movies, did did they slow down in the movies? Well, some, several I, I think guess. got rescheduled. There was some show that we were, I guess, following and was supposed to be released in 2024, and because of the strike, like the filming had to be done at a certain time of year. You know, either because of the sun or the weather or something like that. Well, they missed that window, and so they're going to have to put the project off for an entire year because, you know, whatever, it's not going to, the sun's not going to be in this place till next year. I mean, they're putting all kinds of things off. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't have crossed my mind. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.